Welcome to season two of the In Plain Language podcast, presented by Malti the Blue Tiger Bilingual Children's Books. I'm Kelsey, your host, and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to share free language, speech, and learning resources from top experts across the nation with you and your family. Malti the Blue Tiger dual language books are available worldwide in English and Spanish and English and French. Get your copies online through Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, and many other retailers. We are on a mission to help every child learn that their voice is unique and powerful. It's no secret that kids, and really adults too, enjoy learning a whole lot more when it's fun. And few things spark instant fun better than music. If flipping through vocabulary flashcards or going through workbooks with your child isn't helping them pick up a new language, or if you just want to make their time spent learning during the day more joyful and memorable, music is a great way to help them learn a new language. That's why Tamara Marie, founder of Spanish con Salsa, language coach, and host of the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast, is dedicated to helping others learn Spanish, specifically through the magic of salsa music. Research has shown that listening to and performing music reactivates areas of the brain associated with memory, reasoning, speech, emotion, and reward, according to Harvard Medical School. In fact, research has shown that music doesn't just help us retrieve memories that are stored away, but it also helps us create new ones. And participants have scored better on tests of memory and reasoning after doing moderate physical exercise along with music in studies. Tamara also found that music was one thing that really helped her grasp language studies. So the idea for Spanish con salsa really came out of the way that I learned Spanish. Uh, I think like most people that, you know, grow up and you go to school and they tell you that you have to pick a foreign language. And so you end up learning in school. And um, from what I've heard from most people that I know that that have achieved fluency in other languages, what they learned in school wasn't really helpful. Right. So the same thing is true for me. Uh, after taking, you know, Spanish in middle school and high school, um, I really couldn't speak the language. And it wasn't until I traveled abroad for the first time, I went to, uh, to Panama. And I just thought like, okay, I'll be able to understand some basics. And, you know, I, I do know some Spanish, but when I got through customs and immigration in the airport, like I was so lost. <laughs> and um, I, it made me realize that you know, the, the academic approach or, you know, the approach where you just like kind of look at verb conjugation charts and try to <laughs> learn Spanish from there, like it really hadn't worked for me. So at the time I was also sort of uh, becoming a, a little bit obsessed with salsa music and also dancing salsa. And uh, so I would just naturally look for different songs that I would hear, look up the lyrics, because I really wanted to know what they were saying, right? Because I'm having a good time, I'm dancing, it started to become really a part of my social life, just sort of going out salsa dancing. So it was really that that motivated me, uh, that and sort of my fail, uh, my first fail, <laughs> speaking Spanish abroad, uh, that, that really motivated me to kind of keep moving forward. And because I had integrated with the music, I just naturally got a lot better at speaking. And it wasn't until someone asked me one day, was I a native Spanish speaker? And I kind of looked like surprised, like, really? You know? <laughs> that I, I realized that there was something to this approach of using the music because I would be singing along to lyrics all the time, even though I do not have a good singing voice. So, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, just that experience and just having that passion for the language and the culture and wanting to learn more and then not feeling like I was studying. 
it really just helped me uh, propel forward. And so when I realized it was working for me, I started to sort of introduce the idea to other people and, you know, it's just really taken off from there. Uh, it's, it's part of what I do with my uh, language coaching and it really does help people make Spanish just a natural part of their day-to-day -day life where it doesn't feel like a chore or something you have to study or that you'll be, uh, you know, castigated if you say the wrong thing. <laughs> it, it just becomes a lot more fun when you learn with music. Of course, your child may find music in another language enjoyable and fun to listen to, and you may find them repeating certain stanzas with new words that they've learned. But Tamara says that over time, she realized the full extent to which music could help her and others learn language, and it might be the same for your family. Well, you know, it's interesting because I stumbled into it, right? First, I didn't know that it was, but I think... Um, having my own experience and validating that with other people and then you know just meeting people uh in the community of language learners like i've met people that speak you know several languages and have gone through this process over and over again and a lot of people will come up to me and tell me yeah i also i learned hungarian with music i learned french with music and that's what really helped my improve my pronunciation so uh knowing that it's been validated by other people's experiences uh, led me to look more into it. And there's actually been a little bit of research done into it. Um, and there's a lot of properties that music has that really helps with your memory. You know, one of the biggest things with language learning is that we often forget the things that we learn, right? That's part of the problem with approaches that are boring because like, we'll learn, oh, this is how you conjugate an AR verb, but it, it doesn't feel immediately useful. So we tend to tune those things out and we eventually will forget them or very quickly sometimes forget what we've learned. But music has this property where it just kind of sticks to your brain. Like uh, I'm sure we've all had the experience where, you know, there was a song kind of stuck in your head and you're like, you know, days later, you're singing like a jingle from a commercial or like the song, uh, especially for like parents, like we all these, all these kids songs like <laughs> that are always playing and we find ourselves singing them and we don't want to. Right. So you think about how those things kind of worm their way into your brain when you're not interested in remembering them. Think about how powerful it would be if you actually intentionally tried to learn things that way and you use the, the music. And, and so the emotional component of it, the rhythm. Uh, and the fact that it sort of draws your attention, it has repetition, all of these things are really, really great for memory. And not to mention the fact that it's just much more enjoyable, right? Like, who, I know some people love, uh, you know, grammar textbooks and stuff like that. So not, not to criticize anyone's sort of uh, interest, but for, for me, that just was boring, right? And if something bores you, you're not going to retain it and you, you might not even learn it in the first place. So the fact that music is just enjoyable, like I had a natural uh, desire to know what was being said, right? A lot of the songs I was listening to, I was dancing to, and I even be singing along with, and I was like, I need to know what they're saying. So it just provides a much more natural way of learning. Um, and you also get something that's left out when you're in the classroom, and that's the cultural component. You know, I know a lot of times like people throw in like into a Spanish curriculum, oh, here's a page about uh, Dia de los Muertos in, in Mexico, right? Like, but they don't, um, they make it like a footnote, right? It's not an integral part of the curriculum. Whereas when it's with music, like, and you want to understand what someone's saying, you have to understand like, ah, Mark Anthony is saying huepa because he's from Puerto Rico and that's something they say there. Like you, you just naturally sort of pick up those things because you're learning in a much more authentic way. So I think music just... It just, it's a shortcut because it provides all of those aspects without you having to go try to figure it all out or try to find it uh, in different curriculum. You, you just get it all with, with even just one song. So I think it's really powerful for all those reasons. 
Any type of music can help you or your child learn another language, but if Spanish is your target language, it's worth giving salsa a try for a number of reasons. Well, you know, it's interesting. So for me, salsa was just a part of my uh, natural obsession, right? Like I was already obsessed with the music, uh, the dance that goes along with it. I think what makes salsa so powerful is that it has this sort of international component to it, right? A lot of people don't don't realize that salsa is really something that was was almost really cooked up in New York, right? I mean, that you had a, this this huge Latino community that was converging on New York City, and there were musicians, there were artists, and they all were kind of coming together, but they were all from different places. You know, you had like Celia Cruz, who's from Cuba, you have artists from Puerto Rico, you have artists that were from Colombia. They were all sort of uh, getting together, right? And kind of making this sort of mixed uh, cultural sort of phenomenon. So I think salsa, because of the international nature of it, makes it really, really powerful because you get all of these this context that you don't get with other genres of music because uh, there's so much influence from, from many different countries. Um, and the fact that there are a lot of people who are not Spanish speakers in the salsa dancing community and also people that just listen to and love music, um, that, that it really does have this, this reach and this impact uh, that you just don't get with other genres of music. Um, and it's it's usually upbeat and fun. I mean, it's great to dance to. And and the more that you're emotionally connected to music, the more, again, uh, it'll it'll aid in your memory retention and your interest. So for me, it was just a natural, a natural fit. But I do think because it does provide that insight into different cultures that it's, it's just much more, um, much more fun, you know, it makes it much, um, also much more insightful in terms of that you get from it and sort of the cultural context that you learn through the music. Plus, the upbeat nature of salsa in particular can really engage kids, and there are easy ways you can begin to incorporate it into your family's everyday life. Well, I think, so the first thing, just as I, I, would, I would caution, because with any music, right, with any content, you have to make sure it's appropriate, like age appropriate. So depending on, on your children and, and sort of their level, um, you, you want to make sure they're not listening to certain types of songs. But that's, I think with salsa, it's not, it's not too bad. But every now and then, I mean, there are some songs that are overly romantic. You probably don't want your, you know, seven-year-old daughter listening to something about how someone broke someone's heart too much <laughs> like that. But I think in general, I mean, music is very lively. It's very upbeat. It's about some fun topics. So you can find some songs that you love. And the first thing I recommend is just, you know, playing the music in the house, right? Like playing it in the car, um, making it a part of your environment, because then it's just, again, it becomes a natural way to incorporate the music into your life. And you're not like forcing your child to learn. Uh, so like one example I, I like to mention with, with, um, with my son, and, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what age, you can play music even for babies, right? I know for my son, there was this actually uh, a bachata song, which is a different genre of music. It's uh, from the Dominican Republic, which is another uh, sort of Caribbean uh, genre of music. But there's this bachata song. And I used to listen to it all the time when I was pregnant. And uh, it's funny because after he was born, I remember we'd be driving around in the car. And when that song comes on without fail, like he would just stop crying. Right. Like, so if he was, um, you know, having a fit and I couldn't see him because, you know, the way the car seats are made of her babies, like they're turned around and they're rear facing. So he couldn't see me. Um, and he was just like unconsolable. Like all I had to do was turn that song on and it would calm him down. Um, and it's funny because even now, you know, as he's he's older, he he still sort of uh, associates uh, certain types of music, uh, Latin music in particular, 
with like calming him down. And he also remembers some of the rhythms and he can sort of sing along. So it's something I would say for parents to, to just, just have that exposure. I think sometimes we as parents maybe get overly concerned with like achievement and we went, okay, you know, I want my child to be fluent in this language. And, you know, by the time they're seven or whatever like that. But I think instead of kind of having that approach, just, just increasing exposure and making it fun um, is, is really important. So just beginning to introduce some of that music in the environment. Um, and then there also are, you know, children's songs that I would recommend like sort of using for younger kids. Uh, but if it's just salsa music in general, I'd say, I'd say just playing it around the house and then uh, let them spark their curiosity. Let them come to you and say, oh, what does this mean? Or what does that word mean? Or what are they saying? Or what is the song about? Let them sort of lead the way in terms of their own curiosity instead of trying to force it on them and make it this, you know, ac academic exercise outside of what they already have at school. Uh, so I just say have the music in the environment, uh, see if something sparks their interest. Maybe they don't like the same songs you do, but uh, just have that exposure available and encourage them to sort of search on their own. Because I think um, the important part of any music is that if you don't have your own connection to it, it, it really it doesn't work, right? Like, you know, there's those songs that you probably remember that if they were, if they were to play right now, you would go, oh, wow, that reminds me of that beach trip one summer, or reminds me of my best friend, or reminds me of this special moment in my life. You want to help your children create those own, their own connections uh, with their own experiences with, with the music. That's really um, the most powerful way. So just try not to be so uh, prescriptive about it, I would say, and just expose them to the music. This year in particular, kids have been spending more time than usual learning from a computer. Dancing and singing along to music in another language is a great way to get kids moving and energize their learning routine during the pandemic. It, it's perfect for, for like a screen break. You know, I think even with my son, so I've noticed is he's been doing the virtual learning with varying degrees of frustration <laughs> as well. And I think that one of the one of the best things that we've done, uh, or the most fun things that we've done with music, is we just have like a dance party. Like we'll just, you know, like okay, you you finish the school day, we'll have a dance party, listen to whatever you want, or we say, you know, in the middle of the day, like all right, let's just take a break. Like, and it might be like okay, we'll just listen to one song, and he'll probably dance around or just kind of relax a little bit. I think music is great for just giving the mind a little bit of a break from. Uh, that study mode and, and also just from sitting in front of a screen all day. Uh, it also helps lighten up the mood, right? If you're having a, a rough day or something's challenging, like listening to a song is, is probably the best way to shift your mood, um, which really helps with motivation, right? And I think we all know for learning to learn anything, you have to be in a receptive mood. We don't learn when we're grumpy or sad or distracted or, or unfocused or depressed. Like we, we just don't retain information in those states. So it's a good state change. It's a good shift in energy. It's good to use in the middle of the day. It's good to use for breaks. And again, keeping in mind that they're getting that exposure and not making it, okay, let's sit down and study the lyrics of the song today, like with your child, like just, they're going to start singing along and they're going to start wondering, oh, hey, mom, what does this, what does this word mean? Um, and, and that's, that's the beauty of it, right? Like it just becomes much more uh, fun. But I do think music in general uh, during, during this time when we're all sort of, you know, trying to find what is our new normal, I think keeping that alive uh, will, will kind of keep, um, you know, keep people's moods up, you know, keep things sort of light and keep things fun uh, because otherwise it just, it's just overwhelming, right? It, it just gets to be uh, a, a real, um, it gets to be 
uh, sort of redundant, repetitive, or sort of sitting in front of a computer all day, every day. Having those music breaks and making it fun, having a dance party, I think uh, all those things can kind of help uh, boost your mood uh, during times when, you know, there's a little bit more uncertainty than we would like. Perhaps the most important thing when it comes to teaching kids another language through music, have fun and let the process occur naturally. When it comes to exposing our children to language, that we really do have to let go of some of our uh, expectations for what we want them to do. And, and let the children lead their learning, their own learning experience. Um, I know for, for my son, you know, he, I, I really wanted him to learn Spanish. And then a few years ago, he says, well, you know, mom, I want to learn Japanese because he's into this sort of anime thing. And I said, okay, all right, cool. I can support you with that because, you know, it's the same principles of language learning. Um, and you know what? He's been doing Japanese and he's also been coming back to Spanish, you know, like, um, a few weeks ago, he came and said, hey, mom, uh, can you teach me the past tense again? I want to go over some some uh, some words. And that didn't come from me saying, OK, we're going to sit down or now we're going to study this. It came from, you know, I signed him up for a Spanish conversation club. He does that. And they they have these conversations every week about what did you do last week? So he wanted to know how to respond. And he felt like there were some some words he didn't know. So he came and asked me. And I think that uh, sometimes as parents, we, we want our children to achieve, we want them to do so much and that we're, we're so goal oriented. And I think that's good to be goal oriented, but I also think there's um, time for some grace in the learning process, especially mm -hmm. with virtual learning, with the pandemic. Um, I've noticed that just allowing that, that little bit of time and space for them to discover on their own, uh, you will see the progress. And even if it's not, you know, as, as quickly as you might want it to be, Trust me, they're paying attention and they're, they're thankful for it, um, even if it, it seems like it's a little bit of a struggle at first. So I would just say don't give up, keep it light, uh, and, and make it fun. And music is the best way to, uh, to, keep all of those, um, to keep all those top of mind. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of In Plain Language. Be sure to subscribe. And if you loved this episode, click that five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to support our podcast to continue reaching families with speech and language resources, please visit the link in our episode description. We'll talk to you soon on the next episode.